0: All right. So today we're going back to the focus of this season of Common Sense Christianity, which is discussing atheism from a new perspective. I know I did it in season one. If you listen all the way back then, that was almost two years ago uh, when we first started the podcast. We started, of course, to battle atheism and secularism. And we started off with answering atheist objections, building like basic, a basic building block for why I believe in God, why I'm a Christian and just evidence and argumentation for that. So today is no different. We're going to be talking about biblical inerrancy. And it's a very – I know I say this about everything, but it's a very interesting topic, especially because within the Christian community, if you find the right people, there is disagreements with this. What is the definition of inerrant? Well, it's without error. Is the Bible without error? Well, it depends on the way you look at it. In the terms of its physical sense, that, then that's a no there is there is discrepancies there is contradictions there is uh, missing parts or added on parts from what from the current evidence such as uh, the ending of Mark and John chapter 8 well some of the sections in John chapter 8 specifically regarding the adulterous woman um, so in that case it is not an in terms of its ability to give us truth or debase, uh, this foundation for what, who God is, what he has done for humanity, salvation, etc. From that perspective, of course, it has to be an errant. If it, if it were errant in that regard, then why even trust the Bible? Why even waste your time reading it? So there, we have to make this separate distinction, right? So a lot of Christians just ignore it and just call it an errant. I will go as far to say that the authors do disagree with each other. Uh, in terms of describing certain events, not doctrine. So I don't think that James and Paul disagree on what gets you saved, but I do think that some of the gospel writers disagreed on the certain events. I mean, the or how they happened or the days that they happened, because you just can't simply logic your way around that. They said different things. They either saw or remembered it differently, or they wrote down different things based on the witnesses that they interviewed, such as uh, Luke. And the most obvious example of this is the three synoptic Gospels, with that being Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John's Gospel. And the the first three, of course, have a much more similar message, tell the same stories, while John does not. And John focuses on a lot of different things. So the Bible is, remember, not one book. It is 66, all from different perspectives, depending on the author, the 40 different authors that wrote the Bible. So in this, when you are writing something to a specific people group or a church or a specific location, you're going to want to communicate a different message, a certain message, depending on the problem or the, the thing that you are trying to address and the perspective of the author himself. So obviously there's going to be some different things. So with the book of Romans, Paul was writing to the Jews in Rome, and he is explaining this whole theological example, this whole doctrinal, uh, uh, I guess you can say this whole doctrinal summary of what Christianity is and telling them how we are saved by grace through faith. And that's it. Same thing with Ephesians and all of the other letters of Paul, because that was his main focus. Well, with the book of James, yeah, he was trying to provide a different point. James is a lot shorter, but basically what was happening, especially in regard to James chapter two, is that the Christians weren't showing their love in dealing with the poor. So when he's talking about works, he's talking about their love, which, of course, Paul agrees with, but we don't read the context of the text. But we can agree that Paul was not focusing on the same things as James because James was writing to a different group of people, to a different church. So James was trying to focus on something totally different and communicating a different message. So what is very important when reading the Bible and reading different books is understanding who the message is regarding. And this can help us deal with the question on whether the Bible is inerrant or not. So once again, although there may seem on a face value that the book of James and things in there are contradictory to what Paul would say in Ephesians 2.8, for example, it is not true. It is the way you read the text, the context of the text that applies in it. So in terms of doctrine, there is no contradiction. There are things that appear contradictory, but when you read the context of that scripture, then you will figure out the true intent of what the author is saying, and it will give you this singular message that God is revealing to the people. Now, in terms of the physical aspects, like I already said, there is contradiction because we are human beings, even the apostles, disciples, and prophets, they were human beings too, and so, of course, they made mistakes. In their writing, they're describing of events. I mean, there's contradictions within the Old Testament about how many coins were spent in a particular event. I mean, minor things like that. So that's just human error that inevitably comes with writing any document, even the Scripture. Uh, But this, of course, is not important to any intent or purpose that we use the Bible for. So the atheist argument that the Bible is not inerrant isn't really a strong one because it doesn't really mess up anything in terms of what Christianity is and what it's about. Because Christ Jesus is Lord, whether the Bible is uh, contradictory or not, Christ is king over the good book, as one article puts it. Although the Bible is who tells us who Jesus is. But remember that Jesus Christ is the word of God and the Bible is not, despite what people say. The Bible is revelation. And it's a revelation given to people, and it is advice, it's written doctrine, it's a bunch of different things. You can't just sum it up into one thing. So whenever dealing with that, just remember to make those distinctions and have a very well-founded foundation, I would say, on on what the Bible is and what you believe about it and the things that are in there so you can better deal with these objections. We will see you here uh, Wednesday. This is Common Sense Christianity.